0: Welcome to Foundation Christian Church. We're glad that you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit foundationcitrusheights.com. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning. Good morning. So that good morning was meant to every one of you, but if I say good morning each one individually, I'll be up here for quite a while. So I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. Glad to be here. Thank you. Did this thing turn on? Ah, there it goes. Okay, uh, have you ever been to a sacrifice service before? Been to uh, Christmas service, Easter service, Palm Sunday service? We had Ash Wednesday services last Wednesday. Have you been, ever been to a sacrifice service before? We read the Old Testament. We see where they had sacrifices. That's where they kill an animal. And uh, but uh, according to Romans twelve here, we're going to have a sacrifice service today, and you are the sacrifice. I thought I like that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you, pre- you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. So don't worry about it. We don't have any knives here. You're, you're fine. Um, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable, not extraordinary service, your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Now, how easy or hard is it to be conformed to the world? I watch TV and I turn the station a lot. I go, when I, sometimes I go to, uh, on travel for work and in the hotel room and I just go through the TV channels and I just turn them all off. They're worthless. Uh, it's easy to be conformed to this world because there's a lot of junk all around us. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Today we're going to be talking about Jesus and our thinking. And when I told my wife while we will speaking on, she said, well, the Women's Bible Study is going through the mind of Christ. So I have not attended the Women's Bible Study, so I didn't know that. Um, but uh, I looked at their book. It's awesome. So if any of you want to be on the Friday morning Women's Bible Study, uh, it's, they're having a great topic. If you're a guide, don't just turn the Zoom picture off. so They don't know who you are. Um, it's awesome. They have, awesome they, they have a lot of material. I could go, hey, I, can, I can preach off of this. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a story of the Bible... When Christ was up in Capernaum, and he's by the Sea of Galilee, and he takes his disciples, they cross the sea, and they, of course, the, the wind comes up, and the disciples are they were going to sink and drown, and Christ said, be still. And they're going, well, who is this guy? Even the wind and sea him. But what did they do when they got further? They got across the sea to uh, the town of the Gadarenes. And so I'm going to read that passage from Mark 1:5, 1, 1 through 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out to the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man who had an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. He lived in the caves with the buried dead people. I I don't know, I have never lived in the tombs. I've walked through mortuary occasionally, but very rarely. He lived there. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broke in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. sounded like a nice guy. Come over for dinner sometime, you know. Um, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Amazing how he knew who he was. Amazing. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. How many of us, when we feel like when we're out of the will of God, believe God's going to torment us? God, God says, I don't approve what you're doing. I'm going to punish you. you know? For he said to him, come, for he, Christ, said to him, come out of a man, unclean spirit. And he, and he asked him, what is your name? He answered, saying, "My name is Legion, for we are many." Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine. Now, this is across from Israel. Swine, by the way, are not kosher. So, this guy was—if he was Jewish—was not a very good Jew. Um, but I'm not sure if that, I don't think I think that's kind of out of the area of Israel anyway. And so, but they're feeding there near the mountain. So all the demons bade him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission, then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 pigs. That's a lot of pigs. My, my older son was in FFA, Farm, Future Farmers of America, when he was in high school. We raised a pig. It wasn't, that one wasn't kosher either. And the herd ran violently down the sea place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So these, all these demons lived with this man, but those demons were so powerful it killed 2,000 pigs. That's a pretty awful life to live, you ask me. Um, so th- those who fed on the swine fled, and they towed it in the city and the country, and they went out to see what was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw that the one, I'm going to go to the next page, they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Sitting and clothed in his right mind. Now this guy didn't get a chance. Now I'm not going to knock all the help programs, you know, the programs that help people get through addiction and get through problems and go through all the treatment. They're good programs. This guy didn't get a chance to go through any of those programs, and, but yet he was healed by the Lord in such a way that he who was crazy, lived among the tombs, was so strong to break the chains, was sitting there in his right mind. We're going to go back to the story a little bit later. I'm not going to finish it here. Bring it back to the story a little bit later. Now, we know we live in a, a wicked world, right? Yeah, I mean, watch the news. Have you ever watched just good news? It doesn't exist. Um, it's, it's bad. You hear about all these different problems around the world, and you hear about, well, this race did this, this country did that. Well, every nationality, every race of people have done bad things. And in history and currently, the world is corrupt. And so um, the Satan wants to bind us. I got a number of verses here. Now, the challenge I'm talking about renewing our minds and having the mind of Christ is which verse do I use? Well, the Bible is full of verses. 3:16 John. 3:16 John. John 3:16. I got. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I wasn't going to bring it up. But I'm going to bring it, talk about that. Um, the Bible is full of verses. If I were to decide, if I, I as I went through and prepared this message, I pull up verse after, verse after verse, after verse, after verse. I'm going. I'm going to have a hundred slides. The Bible is full of verses. It's awesome. So I picked a few. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God, Satan, of this age has blinded. See, he's blinded our minds. So we don't see. Who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So we see that Satan has blinded. See, we need the mind of Christ to know the truth, to know the knowledge of God, to know about God, and he blinds us. We get our eyes off of God. One thing, one point down done in my notes is, one one illustration I've often thought of, Peter walking on the water, the stormy sea, and Christ is walking on the water, and Peter says, if it's you, command, command me to come. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he's walking on the water. But he's looking at Jesus, and he's not saying, "Well, wow, look at me, everybody! I'm walking on water." You know? he is—he's looking at Jesus. He's walking to Jesus. It's not about Peter; it's about Jesus. As soon as he turns his eyes off of Jesus and looks at the water, he goes, "This is impossible." And you know what? He's right. He sank. And so, when we have the mind of Christ, we're looking at Jesus, and we don't sink. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we think it's not about us, it's all about Jesus. And so Satan blinds us or tries to blind us. That's his goal. If Satan keeps you ignorant, Satan keeps you impotent in your spiritual life. Romans 8, 7 through 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we're either in the flesh or we're in the spirit. We have to keep our eyes and our mind on Christ. And again, Satan wants to bind us, blind us. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. We need to have our mind on Christ. We, we renew our minds. And going back to Romans uh Romans 12, 1 and 2. We're going to see that two more times in this this message. In fact, we're going to repeat it together a little bit later on. James 1, 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubt, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If we look to... God, that's great. If we look to the world, oh, okay, that looks tempting too. And we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I really don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. And, and, and so when we, are, when we don't keep our eyes on Christ, we go back and forth. We flip-flop. And we can be easily persuaded to do that which is wrong. Now, obsessive thinking. Now, it's easy to preach a theological sermon where I'm going to say, okay, everybody, I want you to have the mind of Christ. Everything is great. If you don't have the mind of Christ, you're going to be bringing hell forever. And I can have everyone walking out here feeling condemned because who here can think perfect all the time? I have to admit it, I live in an imperfect world. And I see a lot of imperfect stuff. And I was and I have I struggle with the flesh. I won't go into details, but I struggle with the flesh because I'm human. And and sometimes when we get into our thought life. And you know, I've had my problem with thought life, and I remember this inmate when I was a chaplain in the prison, he came to me and he said, "Chaplain, I'm having struggles with my thought life." And I, he's asking before, he came to me, the, the chaplain, the clergy, for help. And I was thinking, "Well, how, am I gonna, how do I going to help this guy? Because I have the same struggles. I don't have the same struggles. He had different struggles. Because he was talking about a different kind of struggle. And so we, we have our problem with thought life, but here is the problem. Is is bef- when we're thinking of things, nobody knows about it. I can be righteous John, I can be righteous George, I can be righteous, I can live a, I can put on the air of being righteous. Meanwhile I'm struggling with these thoughts in my head. And Satan's gonna be saying, Don't worry about it. Whatever, this, whatever the struggle is, everybody's doing it. No biggie. It's it's quite common. It's everyone else is doing it and it's, you know, and just one more time. Or God will forgive. God is a loving God. God will forgive you. And so we kind of we go in the wrong direction. We kind of fall prey to our struggles. And we go a little bit further. And suddenly when we, when we do whatever it is that we're not supposed to be doing, Satan who said, God will forgive you, now he's saying, and we're saying to himself, I can't believe I just did this. I can't believe I did whatever it is that we're struggling with. Or what a horrible, and Satan's saying, what a horrible Christian you are. You're a terrible Christian. And God's not going to forgive you. You're beyond that. And you will never, ever break free. You've tried, you failed, you tried, you failed. You've tried for many years, you cannot break free. You're stuck, buddy. You're condemned. But those are lies. And whatever, one thing, one thing I can say about Satan, anything he tells you is not true. So he's very consistent. He's consistent. He lies. And, or even when he tells you the truth, it's half-truth with a bad persuasion. I mean, he, Satan tempted Jesus. Do you ever feel bad about getting tempted? Christ was tempted. Thing is, Christ did not yield to the temptation. Christ answered Satan and and he often answered Satan with scripture. But, so if you feel tempted, don't think the temptation is bad. We are f- filled with temptation. Every time I turn the TV channel, every time I drive down the street, whatever the case is, we have temptations. But seek the things above. Focus on Jesus. Think of the end game. What do I want? I want a relationship with God. Now, my wife and I have been married for 43 years. 43? Hallelujah. Yeah. And and I'm I'm happy to say that this is not always the case of everybody, but I'm happy to say uh, that we are both in our only in first marriage. And I, I smoke. what? That's how long I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how do we stay married? Well, there's a lot of other women out there who have been who've been a beautiful wife. If I got married to them, if I got married to Chris. And there's and the thing is that there's always someone I can get to work at work with, whatever I could I strike up a friendship and get a little further. But the thing that goes through in my mind is when I see someone who's really nice, I think she's not my wife, not my wife. But I look at my wife and go, wife. The same thing that I walk with Christ. We see something that wants to take our dedication off of Christ, and we go, I'm a Christian. God, my end game is to be with Christ. And if this other addiction is going to take me away from Christ, it's taking me in the wrong direction. We are Christians because we represent Christ. I'm not a Buddhist because I don't represent Buddha. I'm not a Muslim because I don't represent Muhammad. I am a Christian because I represent Christ. And Christianity is... And I, in my job, I deal with a lot of religions. So I'm over the religious program for the state of California for the prison system, and I deal with a lot of religions. I can tell you a lot about the other religions. But the thing about religion is religion is man's attempt to, get, to reach God. Christianity is where Christ reached down to man. Amen. And Christianity does not save. Jesus saves. And so we... Our end game is to be focused on Christ. He is in our mind. He is our, he is our Lord. So renewing our minds. In uh, Romans twelve two says to renew our minds. To be a living sacrifice, live for Him to renew our minds. For Second Corinthians ten three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. What are we going to focus our mind on? I had someone ask me a number of years ago, so what does a uh, strip joint look like? I said, I don't know. I've never been in one. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, it's... it's <laughs> Where are we going to put our thoughts? Where are we going to put our focus? What are we going to think? We need to focus ourselves onto the, everything that glorifies God. Jesus said to him, okay, um, this guy comes up to Christ, Pharisee, I think, and said, "You know, you know, what's the greatest of the commandments?" And Christ said, "To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor yourself." We are to love the Lord with all of our God, with all of our heart, our emotion, our feelings, our being, everything about us, with all of our soul. And all of our mind. We need to have our minds focused on Christ. Romans twelve two. I have the highlight because we're having it three times. This is number 2. I'd like for you to, I like a little participation here. I'd like for you to read this along with me. I'm going to read this out and we're going to read it together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of the God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how do you prove the will of God to the renewing of your mind? Going on about renewing our minds, Ephesians 4.23, But you have not learned so Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness." Philippians 2, 5-8. But let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. This, let this mind be in you. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, even became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross." In Romans 8.6, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Think about that. To be carnally minded is death. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Does God ever tempt us? Nope. No. Oh, I like that. No. So why is it put in there? Does, do not lead us into temptation. Well, you know, there's a lot of things we can ask God that is obviously an answered, Lord, please do not lead me in temptation. God says, okay, I never do it anyway. Sure, no problem. But does God allow us to be tempted? Why does God allow us to be tempted? To test our faith. test our faith. temptation Christ himself was tempted and we live in a world full of temptation but temptation proves gives a chance to prove our dedication to Christ because if i am tempted to do that which is wrong and i say no i'm not going to do that i'm going to be obedient to Christ that proves our dedication to Christ how can we always how can we prove our dedication if we don't have an opportunity not to be not to follow him so so God does not deliver us God does not deliver us from something, He also delivers us to something. So he ask us, do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from temptation, deliver us into Christ. In Colossians 3:10 3, three, 1 through10. Now Colossians is a powerful, powerful passage. Um, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Say at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Set your mind on Christ. Focus on Christ. Be like Peter. Walk on the water. Don't take your eyes off of Christ. Walk with your eyes on, P- on Christ. For you died, and your life is hidden in Christ with God. With, with Christ in God. Hang on. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, sometimes you see in the old westerns, they have a sign up there saying, Want to dead or alive. Like yeah, Christ wants you dead and alive. To be a living sacrifice. To be dead means you die to your old self. I'm not the man I used to be. But I'm the man who God's using for his glory. You're not the woman you used to be. You're the woman who God is using for his glory. God wants you dead to your old self, alive in Christ. So let us be alive, let us be dead and alive. Now, Colossians 3 goes on to some some things where he encourages us what not to do and encourages on what to do. And And so it says in verse 5 to 7, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, a sexual sin, you know, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness. I really need to have that for me. I really want that, which is idolatry. Because of those things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. So these are, are things of passion. I want I want sex, I want money, I want possessions, I want whatever the case is. I want that. And they're, they're self Based upon my 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 desires. And then it goes on to some things that are not so blatantly obvious but still bad. But now you but now you yourselves are to put on put off all these anger. Man I'm so angry what that guy did, what, what that person did, what it was wrong. What they did was wrong. I can have righteous anger, but I'm still angry. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and You know, someone just cusses out, curses and so forth, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Do you know that lying is a license to sin? It's not a license you want, but it's a license to sin. If I can deny it, then I can do whatever I want. Because I'm going to say, no, I didn't do that. But if I if I realize if I if I live a life where I have to tell the truth, and I'm going to steal this controller, and they're going to, and Melissa says Charles, what do you do with that? Well, I can either lie and say I don't know, or I'm going to say I took it. Well, can you have it? Can you have it back, please? Yes, you can have it back. If I'm going to tell the truth, I'm going to think, well, I'm not going to take this because I don't want to ask, answer yes. I took it. So Melissa says, I'm going to leave it here. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but lying gives us a right, an a, a, a un, a unrighteous right to, to sin. We, and we are not to live a life of sin. So if we're going to live a life that is righteous, then we don't have to worry about lying anyway. And also, if I do blow it, and I'm asked about it, Melissa says, where is that? Oh, I took it home. Um, yeah, I'll bring it right back. You know, um, he gives a chance to fess f- up to it and say, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll correct that. I'll, I'll fix it. So do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And having put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, God wants us dead and alive. Let's be a living sacrifice. Let's be dead to ourselves, alive in Christ through our eyes and our heart and our mind focused on Jesus. So getting back to the story, they came and... um, Let's see. Okay. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion. Satan clothed in his right mind. Something's changed with this guy. And when we are changed in Christ, people see a difference. There's something different about you. I don't know what it is. There's something different about you. Man, that person has always cussed me out. Now he's being friendly. What well, the case is, there was one time years ago where I was in a park and I was witnessing to a couple guys, talking to a couple guys, and, um, and they were just, no, no, no. One guy was saying, you know, um, what about my friends? What about this? What about that? He's giving me every reason in the book not to accept Jesus. Now I didn't pray with him. He just mentally, immediately, like the Spirit got a hold of him and he started saying, Wow, and he was telling the other guy, You gotta accept Christ. What happened with this guy? He was telling me a moment ago why he cannot become a Christian because he's afraid of this, he's afraid of that. Now he's telling the other guy, You gotta accept the Lord. Whoa, that's fast. What happened to him? Well, something changed. His mind clicked where his mind was focused on Christ. and and here they came out and they looked at him and they found him sitting and clothed with his right mind. This is a crazy guy that had broken chains. And they, they were afraid. Now you think they'd be praising God. But they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And they began to plead with Christ to depart from their region. I guess they didn't like the swine being dead. And when he got into the boat... He who had been demon possessed bade him Jesus that he might be with him. Please let me come with you. Can I come back with you? I think if, I mean I would do that. If I was a demon possessed man that had been cleansed of all those demons, and I was in my right mind, I want to be with Jesus. Amen. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began, and he the man departed, began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marvel. So, I'm not sure what your life has been like. I'm not sure what mind games you may have going on in your brain, or what your struggles are, what you're not telling people. But if there's anyone here that is living in tombs, raise your hand. Anyone here who breaks chains? No, okay. So apparently some other people had it pretty worse off than us. And so if you're struggling with that stuff, and Satan's telling you you are too far gone, it's a lie. Because if Christ can do a miracle for a demon-possessed man with 2,000 demons, and that he can be put in his right mind, then we can have a life with the right mind. And so Christ will free us from our obsessive thoughts, He will free us from our wrongful passions and he will give us a mind focused on him and we will sense a renewed spirit within us. We will sense a new life and hope and realize that that my life is controlled by Christ. So finally, coming to the... I already went through all that. One more time. Let's read it together. I beseech you therefore, brethren by the mercies of the God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew your mind, focus your thoughts and lives on Jesus. couple of announcements. First off, God bless you. Couple of announcements. One, and, and then uh, Wayne's going to have announcements on Cairo's uh, a week from now, uh, Sunday evening, five o'clock potluck, and we'll be celebrating one hundred twenty years. One hundred twenty years. This church been here. Who's here? Who's been here for all one hundred twenty years? Okay. Well, we're not going to have any of the original people here, but we're still going to celebrate them starting this church one hundred twenty years ago. So, so come a week from now at five p.m. Potluck, right? Potluck. And also, Mexicali. i got a little bit of a plan. like to encourage anyone who wants to come down to Mexicali. Easter week, we're going to leave on, uh, we'll be down to Mexicali for three days, two days of travel, and uh, the second day is, is going to be, we're going to have a, a, a Last Supper Passover Seder, a Christian Seder like Christ had with his disciples. So if you want to experience that in Espanol, come join me. And and at this time I'm going to ask for a, this will be a video and for Wayne to come up.
1: Hi. Everybody doing okay this morning? And um, I'm going to have the blessed opportunity to go and visit some gentlemen in Folsom Prison on March 6th through the 19th. Um, I'm with a group called Kairos International, and twice a year we go in. Um, We share agape uh, love. You can't believe it, but we take symbols of agape in with us. We take kids... Draw, hand, draw their hands and we take them in. Uh, we take um, snacks and cookies, and that's what I'm here for. We have the opportunity to share with some people in a dark, dark place, a place that none of us really would like to be in. And we have the opportunity to take the Lord with us, with a group of inter- uh, denominational men and women, and to visit these men. I'm going to ask for your help. If you, there's a way that you can contribute some money, that'd be fine. But that's really not really a thing. What we'd like you to do is pray for us as we're in there. And secondly, if you have the opportunity to make some cookies, hey, I'd really appreciate it. You can sign up at the back. They need to be to the church office by March 14th and uh, we'll go from there. Now, I have something I'm going to share with you that says things a lot better than I ever could. So some of you have already seen this. These back there also.
2: What do you do with all those cookies on a Kairos <laughs> <laughs> uh, I usually give mine away. I usually give my Kairos cookies away. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't go without, as you can see. Uh, uh, I I think uh, you you hear most of the guys that, that aren't believers down the hallway, they call them Jesus cookies. When are we getting the Jesus cookies? And that's an awesome thing. An un, a non-believer, Uh, uh, looking and excited about getting something from Jesus and that's what it's all about anyways so that's what I do I give mine away Uh, uh, to get blessings you got to be a blessing and that's what I try and do on the weekend they give you forgiveness cookies and when I went through my weekend it was a very it was a it was a time of my life there was a teetering. There was, a, there was a lot of stuff going on. I was in a very dark place, and uh, I, was, I was part of a, a group. And this group expected me to do some stuff. And uh, it was going to happen after my weekend. And actually, during my weekend, they give you a, uh, a brown bag of cookies, and they tell you, listen, give this to the person that you have to give the most forgiveness to. And the person that I was supposed to do something to, I sent that bag of cookies to him. And he had just went through a weekend, so he knew what that bag of cookies meant. So in my weekend, it not only saved my life, but it possibly saved somebody else's life with those forgiveness cookies. Uh, Because in me giving those forgiveness cookies, uh, that relationship with that guy was uh, rectified was reconciled and uh, and those cookies uh, uh, in many cases and I'm not saying in all of them but in many cases they save lives.
1: The reality of prison is that it's a dark, dark place. And just perhaps a bag of cookies will help lighten it up for them. We try to take the light of the Lord into a very dark place. And hopefully, at one time or another, they may find that there's peace and love and grace. And maybe they can take it to your, inside their hearts. If you have some time and you want to make some cookies, Cool. But pray for us as we're in there. Thank you.
2: Let's close in a word of
0: prayer. Heavenly Father, you're so awesome. And we thank you, Lord, for the ministries that you've given us the opportunity to do not just here in church but in our personal private lives i pray lord as we leave here today we'll leave here knowing that we're in the house of god we'll leave here having renewed our relationship with you and with each other we just give yourselves and thank you lord that you allow us to be a living sacrifice in jesus name amen god bless you we got refreshments out there and have some fellowship